Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Kansas beats Texas Tech in a double overtime thriller. But then falls to Kentucky in a dud of a game. The SEC claims superiority over the Big 12 by claiming the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And UCLA tells Arizona not so fast on being at the top of the Pac-12. Let's get into it. All right, Biggs, let's get into it. And I think we'll start with the most... um, the most fun game from the past week, and that was that Kansas-Texas Tech double overtime game. And Kansas had, you know, like a 10 or 12-point lead, second half, I know. And Texas Tech was able to storm back. They got, I think they got a couple free throws to send it in overtime. Um, gets in the first overtime, and Kansas needs a big three from Oshai Abaji just to send it to double overtime. And then I went to bed. So tell me how double overtime went. Uh, Kansas ended up pulling it out. They got a couple stops, made some free throws, got a bucket, closed the deal. It was one of those games where you just, uh, you just all, they all lasted them. You know, I think Texas Tech guys, uh, kind of ran out of juice. It was one of those, once you get into double overtime, it just seems like the team that can make the first couple shots kind of has the advantage because you run out of time and, and, and they got the win and boy, did, did they need it because, um, uh, they looked rough yesterday against Kentucky. That would be a, that would be a brutal week, and it, it was so odd watching them against Texas Tech. I mean, they were up by like a dozen. And in the broadcast, you have you have Frischilla talking about how they're going to get this win, and he's just he's just kind of acting like they're going to win. And it's like a four point game at one point. He's just kind of still talking like, yeah, you know, Abaji, he's going to be an NBA prospect, and Kansas is going to get this win, and they're going to be a Final Four. It's like, friend, did you realize the game in front of you is actually kind of competitive, man? Like, yeah. are you watching or? I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Texas Tech takes a lead. It's like, uh, Kansas is going to win here. <laughs> yeah, he just, it's like he had like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It was like he didn't know what he was watching or something like, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, Texas Tech's a good team. And uh, I mean, and they show, they've showed that all year. I mean, they have wins over Baylor and Kansas already. And, and that one delivered. It was certainly a, probably the most enjoyable game of the week and in a, in a week filled with a lot of, um, high-end kind of big matchups there were a lot of duds and this one was was really the one that kind of delivered yeah and it's interesting texas tech did it with two points from kevin mccullough he had a god-awful game one of 11 shooting you know they really relied on bryson williams with 33 you know that's a little out of character for him kevin O'Banner 17 but oshaya baji 37 points this guy is he still up there in the player of the year rankings there i, I don't know how he I don't know how he wouldn't be. I mean, I guess I'd. I mean, if you gotta, if we gotta do kind of a an assessment at, at little the little past midway point of the year, he's got he's got to be in the mix. Um, who else? Who else even is there? I mean, Johnny Davis. I know had like a minute or two where where we were kind of obsessed with him for for a little while. It feels like that one is I don't know, lost its steam. I mean, he's still probably in the mix, right, Johnny Davis. Um, who else is there though? I, mean, I don't think I don't think Coffee Cockburn is in the mix anymore. I think I think that one's kind of well. He run missed its a course. couple. He missed a couple games here, hasn't he? Yeah, he's missed a handful of games with like a with like a concussion. So I don't think you have him in there. 
I mean, I think Abaji, you know, Timmy got off to a great start, but I feel like Gonzaga's just been kind of so off the radar here lately that, you know, I, I think Abaji's probably in. I would bet if you looked at Vegas odds, I bet you Abaji is, is one of the top three. I pulled up an article here, and this is, granted, this is from January 18th, so this is about 12 days ago as we record. Johnny Davis won. Ooh, Oscar Shibwe, number two here. He, he's another guy we didn't mention there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's mentioned. been a monster. He averaged 15 points and 15 rebounds. I mean, that's in Kentucky certainly looks like a a legitimate, mm-hmm. you know, title contender. Yep. Palo Bancaro for... Um, he, he's just never going to go away because it's Duke. Yeah. Speaking of never going away, do you think now that Tom Brady has retired, is Coach K going to be like, no, no, I need my own retirement season. I'm not so. getting a big enough yeah, farewell uh, tour here. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to come <laughs> back next year, I'm calling it. Well, their recruiting class next year is pretty crazy. It'd be very <laughs> Coach K to do that. Their recruiting <laughs> class say, next year is insane. So, I mean, how often do you get to say year, though. But how often do you get to say that you won a title with the following coaches recruiting class? <laughs> so like, for example, like Roy Williams won his first title with Matt Doherty's recruiting class. That's Yeah, no, he, he won it with it's next always, year's coaches recruits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those own guys, he won it with the next guy's coach, with the next guy's recruits. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's get off of that. Now, I think, you know, this could be a good jumping point to get into the, that SEC Big 12 challenge. And what was wrong with Kansas yesterday? Or is Kentucky just that good? I, I, I watched that game and I thought to myself two things. Uh, one, maybe can't, is Kansas, are we sure Kansas is really that good? And this is a conversation that I had with myself. I'm not crazy, I swear. Um, well, we overhyped we hyped Kansas up because they get guys like Remy Martin, they get guys like Joseph Yesifu, but then the leaders on the team are just the same guys they had last year. And, and the team last year was what? Not that good. Yeah. Right. I mean, by again, by Kansas standards, they were they were they were just not that great. And we did this earlier in the year when we we're talking about Villanova. We hyped up Villanova last uh, based on what they did last year too, and 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 they were just okay last year. Right and and it's kind of more of the same. It's a good team, but is it a but is it really? I mean, is it really a team with enough horses and like do they do they have the dudes to like win a national title? I like Christian Brown, you know. I like Oshai Abaji. After that though, they, they kind of suck, you know. I mean, David McCormick, I don't know what's going on. Him and him and Jalen Wilson, like I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of doing this every single time we talk about Kansas. Like, hey, did David McCormick and Jalen Wilson play well? It's like, are they just maybe not that good? They might not be. I mean, David McCormick's just a massive body, so it, you almost get like that Oscar Sheboy effect or Coffee Cockburn effect. And he's nowhere think, near as good as yeah, those guys. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. And, you know, who's like – I know Abaji is is having an amazing year, but can he? is he really a create-your-own-shot guy, like late in games we need a bucket? Is he that guy? I, and I know he just did it to send the game into double overtime. I get that, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he probably is. I mean, I think he is. I think he is very much legitimately one of the five best players in college hoops. But I, I, I will say, I don't know if he is like. I just don't think that college is necessarily like the NBA, where one guy can just absolutely dominate a basketball game. It's not like no. that, where LeBron is going to dominate an individual game and just like have the entire game. Like he, he just he controls every single 
piece of a basketball game. Like NBA individual players can do that. I, there just aren't a lot of college guys that do that. And it's, it's hard at the college level to find a player who can just completely dominate a basketball game. And Abaji is, it, it falls and he falls into that category of a guy who can go get you 20. He can go, he can go get you 35. You know, if you need mm-hmm. him to, he plays pretty good defense. He can shoot. He does everything you want. He's the best player on the floor sometimes, but sometimes he isn't. Yeah, and sometimes he's not. And and even even if sometimes he is, if guys two f- through six are on the other team, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, and and that's I think the the biggest thing. And I think in college you can scheme. I don't know what Abaji had last night against Kentucky. He 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 probably only had what ten or twelve. You know, sometimes teams can teams can scheme to take really, really good players away more than they can like in the NBA. Cause you're right. He's probably not necessarily like a come down the floor every single time down the floor. He's just going to ISO and clear out like, like mellow, you know, post up on the post up on the high post or something and, and just go to work. He's not that type of player. You're probably right about that. He, he gets his 20 in like a, like a, like an organic kind of flow of the offense kind of way. Yeah, right. Like rhythm shot, spot up shooting, all that. Yeah. Part. He, all, you know, it's a, it's a transition three and then it's a, and yeah. then it's a put back and then he, and then he rips through and gets a cut for a, for a layup. And all of a sudden you look up and he's got 17, yep. you know, and it's like, wait, when did he, when did he do all that? Well, it's just yep. within the flow of the offense. But, but I think Oshai Baji is not Kansas problem. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I just don't know who else is good. Like Remy Martin, right. he, he gives them he, at this point we're eighteen or twenty games into the season, and he just doesn't really give them much. No, and I, I see he played ten minutes yesterday, fourteen minutes yesterday. So like the minutes are dwindling, and it's sort of what we talked about. Where I think at the start of the year we thought he was going to fit in well. Yeah, you know we talked about the empty calories at Arizona State, and we thought he had fixed it. We thought he was going to be just that sort of distributor. Do it all, point guard, but he just hasn't been. Let's uh, let me pull up his stats here before I even say anything. I mean, eight point two points per game, um, just three assists per game. Like, I mean, not terrible stats, but just not stellar stats that you want out of him either. He's just not a difference maker, you know. And right. I, I thought, I guess what I what I trusted was that Bill Self would find a way to maximize the positive that Remy Martin brings and, and mitigate the negatives. And maybe that's just too much. And maybe with, with some guys, that's just coaches aren't, you know, magic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe, and maybe this is basically him maximizing the positive, minimizing the negative and that he just says, you know, what, screw it. I'm not going to play him that much. He's just really not that good. He's just not a winning player, but it's, and it, it, it's amazing here, Biggs. I'm looking, I'm looking at just his career stats. His field goal percentage, 44% is pretty in line with his entire career. His three point per- percentage of 36.4 is actually Better. Second best, um, free free throw percentage. All all those percentages are all basically the same, but he's at a better program, so he's not going to play as much. Right. Yeah, and that's just it. And, and you wonder, it's like, well, um, Dewan Harris plays like twenty eight minutes a game, gets you like five points a game, which is, you know, he, his role is just not to shoot. Why does Dewan Harris probably play more than Remy Martin? My guess is Remy Martin's probably a horrendous defender. You know, you watch them, and, and he gives up. He gives up drives a lot. Yeah, you know, and Kansas his problem yesterday was was defense. But the, I mean, again, the Kansas conversation just—I don't know. I came away wondering, like, are they really one of the best teams in the country? And and I think they're good, but 
I don't know. They they looked rough. And then on the other and the other side of that coin is that I do think Kentucky is surging, and I yeah. think we. I, I I thought Kentucky would be really good. You know, six months ago when they were loading up on all these transfers, and they took a couple weird losses early in the year, and everybody just kind of jumped off Kentucky. I I think, I think they're good. I think I think they're really good, and I think they're figuring things out. I mean, they were. <clears throat> They lose to Auburn last weekend in a game where I thought they were the better team in the first half. Ty Ty Washington gets hurt, and, and they're right there. Was today Ty Ty yesterday? Yeah, they did. They although did. I don't they know did. what okay. I don't. You know, to be honest, I don't remember him really doing much. I mean, it was just one of those games where I watched it, and yet I don't really remember anything besides what um, Keon Brooks was just absolutely ridiculous. But yep. it was one of the, I think you look at the box score, and it's like they got nothing basically out of Ty Ty Washington or or Wheeler and they won by 20. Yeah. And, and that's what, and that's what we were talking about with Kentucky earlier in the year is that they have a, they have a bunch of guys, you know, I think we thought Kansas would have a bunch of guys and that really hasn't manifested itself. It's been, they got two guys, but, but I think Kentucky has, they've got guys who all have shown they can take over a stretch of a game. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think this is where, this is a good example of talking about like, you know, when you have all these new pieces coming in, this is like, it takes some time to gel and it might be halfway through the year that they're really, you know, firing on all cylinders. And I think that's what we have with Kentucky here right now. And you look here, they have three losses this year, Notre Dame by four, LSU by five, Auburn by nine, all on the road. None of those are bad losses. Um, no, and you the LSU could, loss. You can argue the Notre Dame one. That's about the only one you can maybe argue. But, but I mean, the LSU loss. They didn't have Washington or Wheeler late in the game. Washington uh, Wheeler got hurt early in the game. I think he played like five minutes in that game, if I remember correctly. And Auburn Washington got hurt. So I mean, with their full with their full complement of guys, their only two losses are to Duke and Notre Dame. So I guess the real question is: is maybe the ACC is the best conference in the country? <laughs> More than likely, yeah. And North Carolina is currently like third in the standings. So there we go. They're, they're like the third best team in the country in my mind. Anyways, uh, looking at the schedule here, and I, this is a big crime here. They don't get to play Auburn again. That makes me sad. Yeah, that sucks. Well, you know what? They probably will in the uh, in the SEC championship. I, ho- game I hope so. I hope the way so. things are going. <clears throat> um, but no, like, wait, did I say they have three losses? They actually have four. Who's their fourth loss? They oh, lost to Duke the first game of the year. Yeah, and that was you know Coach K's. Like farewell tour, the first game. You like, know, he's there's gonna, no way Coach he, K was going to lose that game. Exactly, he's going to get all the calls. So, like, that's not an indictment either on Kentucky. Um, but like, you know, they have, like you said, they have all the pieces. They've got Sheboy in the middle, who is their is their leading scorer, but is almost known for just cleaning cleaning up the boards. Um, how often could you say someone's like a fifteen and fifteen guy? It's not very often. No, <laughs> no, it never <laughs> happens. Is that is that a new is that a new stat? Is Oscar Sheboy starting a new stat? Fifteen of fifteen. <laughs> uh, they got Ty Ty Washington. He's their second leading scorer. I didn't think he would be. Um, Safir Wheeler, Keon Brooks, like you mentioned, Kellen Grady's just a great shooter, and he doesn't. How do I say this? He does a thing like where he doesn't have to jump square it up. He can like square up his body as he's in air when he shoots it. Yeah, his it, shot it, is it, just it, it's it's pretty. It, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. And then, like you mentioned, they have all these guys on the bench, too. They have, like, a very good, like, seven- to eight-man rotation. So, right now, um, they're probably 
probably like a two seed, two or three seed. Yeah, I would say that. I would say they're probably if well, when do they do the bracket reveal? I think it's next Saturday. I would bet. I would bet Kentucky is on the two. Uh, yeah, probably on the two line. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Any God, other I say games? that, and then I think to myself, I don't know. Yeah, but probably though. You just you just got a twenty point win at Kansas. That's got to yeah. be worth something. Yeah. Well, did they did they look at point margin? I know they did. I don't remember if the net. I don't know if the net ratings do or not because that's kind of what they use now is the net. Okay. And I want to say they. Don't you love when these acronyms like are like topical for the sport? Like you know, net. You know, there's a net on the hoop, so that's cool. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, like war. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not topical for anything. <laughs> Man, baseball teams go to war all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, ba- the players and the owners <laughs> constantly. Yes. Um. Let's see. SEC Big Twelve Challenge. You know, that was one of the bigger ones yesterday. Um. Texas beats Tennessee. Uh, Bama beats Baylor. Auburn over Oklahoma. There's other ones too. Any of those other ones you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I feel like we should. <clears throat> I feel like we should mention Alabama knocking off Baylor. That was probably the biggest upset of the week, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was another bigger one. Uh, and I got a text from one of my one of my buddies was talking about. It. It's just all he said was Bama's the weirdest team in the country, and they are. So you, remember last week before we started recording, you had mentioned you might want to do like a trending up and trending down. Yeah. And I told you, let's wait one week and I'm still not prepared for that. Yeah. I kind of um, forgot about that. But I thought about this just now. Like I have a roller coaster team and that is Alabama. Alabama is the ultimate just feast or famine, hot and cold team. Yeah. Yeah. They start off what four and zero, lose to Iona, win four more games, lose to Memphis, who sucks. Uh, beat Gonzaga, they beat Houston. Win a game, lose to Davidson. Win a couple games, lose three in a row over the span of a week. Yeah, just ultimate feast or famine team. But that game against Baylor, yeah, they get get a nine point win yesterday. And did you watch it? Because I did not. I unfortunately was out to dinner with uh, with with the in laws. Uh, uh, the particular sorry. spot we were at had the game on, so I was like, they're they're trying to like talk, and I'm trying to like kind of watch the game while they're talking about about something, and I'm just like, hold on, can you can I just kind of remove myself from this conversation? So I, I got something going on over there, so I'm big. <laughs> they didn't really understand it, so I can picture them being like, "Big's like." How, how's school? How's school? And you're like, uh, sh- shut up. I'm watching this. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, big shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, um, so I, I watched a little bit of it, but I noticed that it seemed like Bama. I mean, it wasn't one of those fluky kind of games where Bama, like, got out, to a, got out to a giant lead and then almost lost it. It wasn't one of those, like, it wasn't one of those games where if it was it went another two or three minutes, Bama probably wouldn't have held on. It wasn't one of those games where they played out of their mind. I think Bama shot seven to twenty one from three, and that's always the association with Alabama is well, when they shoot well, they're gonna win. Well, they didn't really shoot that well. I just yeah, think they you know, I, I just think they're a they are just a feaster famine team in terms of I think it's probably I, I really do think it's like their effort. I think they get up for the big games, they try hard against teams that are good. Um, which is, I suppose, solid. It's it's smart to try hard against the good teams, but that's why they lose against some of these bad teams is like they don't try very hard. 
And that doesn't mean they can't lose to some of the good teams because, I mean, they lost to Auburn. But you can't, you, can't, you can't explain to me that a team that tries at the same kind of effort level can give up 90-something to Missouri, a team that scored 50 mm-hmm. yesterday, and then turn around and beat Baylor. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you talk about their shooting percentage. They actually shot 60%. They didn't shoot well from three. I don't know if you're just saying, th- you know, perimeter shooting. Yeah. Uh, they did shoot 60%. And, yeah, no, definitely an impressive win for them. Maybe they'll be ranked after this. You never know. Well, it seems like they've been kind of just like on the fence of being ranked and not being ranked here for the last couple of weeks. And I don't know how many losses they have. Don't they have like eight losses? Yeah, they are seven losses, 14 and seven. And they probably will be ranked then. I mean, they're going to have a chance. If they're not on Sunday or Monday, they will have a chance to in, fo- in the coming week because they have on Tuesday at Auburn and on Saturday at hosting Kentucky. That's a murderer's row there, Biggs. That is. That is really that's gonna give us a lot of good uh, a lot of good juice. But Yeah, you're right. They did I mean they shot <clears throat> they shot twenty two of twenty eight from the two point from two point range. I mean think about that. That's some good math. That is that's that is eleven out of fourteen, which is five and a half out of seven, which is uh <laughs> Uh, 2.75 out of 3.5 yeah that's almost 80 percent that's like seven (laughs) that's like 78 percent that's pretty pretty good good, that's probably a lot of dunks and layups i I would assume well and that's and that's what that's the way bama maybe bama should start dunking and layuping more than they shoot threes but the jelly fam maybe they maybe they figured this out um, what, what about, you know, if we were to do a trending up and trending down, is it an overreaction to say Baylor is <clears throat> trending closer to trending down than they are trending up? Yes, but I think a part of that is they were just so ahead of their skis earlier on in the year. Like, they, how do I say this? They shot all their bullets in the first couple of months months of the season yeah i see what you're saying is that that a phrase i don't know if that's a phrase or not they used up all their bullets in their gun they used up all their bullets early in the year yeah something something like that that could be that could be i mean i I still think they're good don't get me wrong but it does feel like i mean they took two losses in a row here a couple weeks ago they barely beat west virginia they were in a tight one with oklahoma a team that that is really i i think oklahoma's decent but man they're scheduled they've I don't know where they rank in terms of strength of schedule. Their schedule is just brutal. It seems like every single game Oklahoma plays is just like, wow, those poor fuckers. They're going to lose again. Yep. Uh, they crush Kansas State, who sucks. And now they lose to Bama. I just – it feels like – yeah, I feel like Baylor kind of used up all their positive mojo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they dominated Gonzaga last year. Yeah, and then they turned around and they dominated the team that won the title – before the team that lost right. to the 16 seed and then won the next time. Beating Villanova by something like 20 when they gave Villanova like 30 points. It was like, whoa. It was kind of an announcement like, yeah, we're here. So <laughs> feels like since then, feels like since then, I don't know. They're good, but maybe not far and away the best team in the country. Yep. Now, another team for the SEC that we should talk about considering that we 
I th- feel like we're at the front line of getting them to number one, Biggs. So they should thank us. Yeah. That, that's Auburn, who almost lost it in their very first chance against Missouri. But they squeaked yeah. out a one-point win on, I believe that was Tuesday. And then they follow that up with an eight point, 18-point victory over Oklahoma yesterday. Now, you know, just with how this season has gone and how it just seems like, you know, if you get number one, you're going to just expect to lose. You don't want to be number one. You want to be. You don't want to be number one. Yeah, I I feel like that makes them the best team in the country. That's just another reason for them to be the best team in the country because they were able to actually win that game after being number one. That shows you something. Little yeah. gut check Saturday. Yeah, especially it, it was on the road. Road games are always tougher. People forget that. Yeah, that's true. Although, was there anybody actually there? Because Missouri, uh, I don't know. They kind of suck. Know. Oh, I, I, I thought you were saying COVID. Like, maybe there are more restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what, this is a crazy time we live in. Like, three years ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, he's talking about how they suck because there wouldn't be fans there. And now the, my first thought is something else. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's wild, man. But uh, I will say this. I mean, Auburn does feel like they are – they are picking it up lately, and and all the talk is about their front court. Obviously, Jabari um, Smith and Walker Kessler; those two guys have been like. I mean, I know all the talk is going to be about them because they are the two most highly rated, kind of top level prospecty guys on the team. Um, in their last couple big games, though, I mean, Smith and Kessler yesterday had like forty five, and both had double digit rebounds, I think. And and against Kentucky, they were both like monstrous. In terms of production, you know, Kessler had just the dude averages four blocks a game. That's ridiculous. I mean, who saw that coming? You know, I that's still one I, every, I, that's one every ten minutes. Yeah, like that's that's a lot. The man only plays twenty four minutes, so it's really you write Ooh. that down. He six averages point, one every six, six minutes. Well, it's twenty four point six, so it's six point one five. Six point one five. Six point one five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Can you get that dude up to like 32 minutes a game and get him like five and a half blocks a game? Uh, is Bruce Pearl trying to hold Walker Kessler back? Is that the – he wants to keep him around one more year. Don't blame him. So yeah, Then he can average 10 blocks a game. Which you see he's got a – right after the Chris Mack being – agreeing to like the separation agreement with Louisville – and all the rumors are Bruce Pearl, or like some rumors to Bruce of Bruce Pearl to Louisville or that he was one of the leading candidates. They lock him up to like an, what was it, an eight year extension? Yeah, it was like fifty million dollars or something. I saw. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Not bad. Should we talk about that at all? The Chris Mack deal. I mean, I, I don't know how much there is to it, but we um, we could. Um, I don't know details. I'm sure there's something fishy going on there, or if he just thought he couldn't do the job there anymore. Um. But no, like, do you know any more details on it? No, I mean, the details that I've heard are the details that I'm sure everybody's heard slash read. And part of it is, I'm sure, it, just, it does just seem like in the last year there's been nothing but baggage in terms of off, off-court off stuff, right? With we, We've talked about it with, like, the Dino Gaudio thing and, and all that crap. But then uh, you listen to, you listen to uh, you know, Parrish and Norlander on, on I Am College Basketball, and Parrish is talking about it. And, and Parrish, the man... For all the, the things I like about those two guys, like he doesn't have a negative thing to say about a single coach ever, which is 
for his own job that that's smart, but like he goes to bat for like every single one of these guys, and he thinks this is an amazing hire. This coach is going to be awesome. Ready? I remember him telling the story of like Tubby Smith after he had just like wrote a bad article about him. You don't remember that one? No. Okay. Anyways, no. Yeah. What, he, what, he, what he, was he, it? Where he felt bad about it or something? It was he had wrote like a, it was like when Tubby was at Kentucky, and he, Parrish basically wrote an article saying you know he needs to be fired. And then, like, a couple of days later, he's at, like, one of their games, like, reporting on it. And Tubby Smith walks up to him. And he just goes, like, how's your daughter going? And apparently, like, Parrish has a daughter who's, like, dealt with, like, medical, some sort of medical condition. And so just talking about how nice of a guy Tubby Smith is and how he just felt awful after that. Yeah, I, I get that. I do. Yeah. I get that. And that's why I, I don't I, – I'm okay with, like, a lot of these guys not, you know, standing up on the soapbox and saying this coach sucks and he needs to get fired. But mm-hmm. at some point, you probably need to analyze, like, the job Chris Mack did was, was, was bad. And I thought he was going to do a better job. And, um, but, but the thing that it seemed like he was pointing to in their, in, in their, in their latest pod was just kind of like Turgeon. He just decided, you know, because we're living in this age where there's so much social media and so much fan pressure, it wasn't fun anymore. It's like, well, get better at cancer. Did, 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 get some did headphones. He say, did he say trash portal too? I think he said trans. Now that you say that, I think he said transfer portal too. Probably. I don't know if they really lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal. I mean, <laughs> I just think the, the the way I interpreted that was like he's hearing too much of he's too hearing too much from the haters, and it's like just get some of those beats by Dre, throw those things on, stop listening, and just go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these people, like it's just you don't like what they're saying. Quit listening, yep. and and do a better job. I don't know. It was it was such like a just. I don't know. I came away annoyed by it because it's like that's not new. That's not new to. No. That's not a new part of the job. You're going to get criticized if you don't do a very good job. You know the response to that then is start doing a good job, start winning more, and yeah. And Louisville sucked this year, and they were pretty average last year. I'm really surprised by, I guess the the biggest thing I guess, how the mighty have fallen, man. I thought I thought three four years ago Chris Mack was like because he was the hottest name coach, and Xavier Cincy. He's Xavier. He was at Xavier, and they were yeah. rolling. I mean, they were yeah. awesome. And yeah, I mean, he went there, and and it looked like in the first in the first year they kind of did what Baylor's doing this year, where it's like they overachieved. They were a year ahead of schedule, and then they went into the the, the COVID year. I think ranked number one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they were ranked super high. And it was like, I don't know, this team ain't it. They kind of underachieved that year. They would have gotten to the tournament, but it was like. It just kind of all went down once they got high expectations, and now they've kind of sucked ever since. I yeah. thought Chris Mack would do a lot better because I, I really liked him at Xavier. I thought he would be a, a really good success there. Yeah. No, you enlightened me. Like, I could say some stuff on it, but it would not be as good as what you said or any other podcast, so I will stick to not saying anything. Okay. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Xavier, though, they uh, they had a rough week. They lost to Marquette and Providence. Did you see this? No. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't want. And I've got nothing to say on these t- on these two teams. I know uh, if we can hop in the Big East for a little bit if we wanted to. But yeah. I see currently Providence is at the top of it. Which is there some? Is there more to that? I I saw like a tweet, like someone tweeted out a GIF, and it was like a little girl, like. They're playing dodgeball, and she's like just dodging every single ball imaginable. And 
the tweet said Providence dodging all all their quality opponents in the schedule or something like that. Is there something to that? Um, I think I think that's probably in reference to some of their particularly good wins, like some of the wins that they're hanging their resume hat on. Uh, they beat Wisconsin when Wisconsin didn't have their best player, Johnny uh, Davis. Okay. And they've beaten Connecticut, and it was a time when Connecticut had a bunch of injuries, including their best player, Adama Sanogo. So there is some flimsiness, I think, to Providence's oh. resume. They have those wins. They don't have to give those wins back. And in this they're, day they're, and age, you know what? Uh, I feel like that's still worth – I feel like that's worth more because I don't think anybody would be talking about how – you know, if Providence were 10 and 11 because Nate Watson missed half the season, I, I don't think a lot of people would spend any time talking about, man, you know what? You know, it was actually really good, but, but got bit by the injury bug, that, that poor Providence team. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like I get so tired of uh, uh, of people complaining like a team beat a team that, that had some injuries. Like, well, you know, that team didn't have injuries. That team didn't get hurt, and that's part of sports. Yep. Now, they're 17-2 right now. Um, are you saying that 17-2 – might be a little bit fraudulent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... yes or no, yes or no. Yeah, just say yes or no. Yes. Okay, so they're not the Providence Friars anymore. They're the Providence Frauds. They're the Providence Liars. <laughs> Damn it! How do you get a better one than me? I set up the joke, and then you just <laughs> you just shit on it. <laughs> uh, I got lucky. <laughs> Uh, but no, going forward, you know, they got teams. Who do they have here? Marquette, St. John's. Actually, their schedule coming up is pretty easy. So oh, Marquette's legit, man. That's a game that that's a game that today we're recording on a Sunday. If we were able to do the look into the portion of our schedule and see the games we like section. Oh, w- which we will. That's the section all of our fans enjoy. They clamor for it. Um, yeah. But if this pod were to be released in the next, like, 15 minutes, I would say that's a definite must-watch game. Marquette is another team that... I feel like we don't really talk much about Marquette is like second or third in the Big East, aren't they? Uh, fourth, 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 and they're look they're trending towards being a tournament team. Some of their wins are yeah. like amazing. Which okay, I don't know what we would have said earlier on in the year as far as tournament teams for Big East four or five, probably um, something like that, like four and a half. I bet you during if you were to go back and check the tapes, I bet you we were both predicting kind of in like the the four and a half range. Yeah, and. Right now, there's five teams who are currently ranked. Providence, Villanova, UConn, Marquette, Xavier. Um, outside looking in on that would be Creighton, St. John's, Seton Hall. What happened to Seton Hall? Did they have a big win? or, or No, they beat Michigan, and we thought it was a big win. Yeah. And it ended up not being one. Never mind. Um, but, no, they're sort of towards the bottom here. So, yeah. Looking like they, they might get five teams here. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, you got yeah, you got all five, and then – I mean, Creighton's twelve and seven. Seton Hall's twelve and seven. I think both those teams are like a hot. I think both those teams have like the talent to to get into that mix too. So I would I would set their over under at like yeah, it's probably squarely at five. But maybe you juice the over if I if I'm playing like yeah. a, a like a gambling game type of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if a sixth team got in. Yeah, but yeah, five is probably the most likely. But like I'm looking at this. Creighton's probably the closest to being that sixth team, and I just don't see it. Yeah, I would I would agree. Seton Hall's got to get hot, and, and I think they have the talent, but this, that's another team that's had just – it feels like the whole team is it, – it's the A, the whole team has had COVID, and B, the whole team is a bunch of transfers, so you've got to deal with all of the 
it takes time for these teams to get kind of together. You know what I mean? <coughs> yes, yes, I do. Yeah, you know, we talked about that with uh, who do we say that with? Kentucky takes time to gel. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I got a couple of Pac-12 games on here. Um, you know, UCLA beats Arizona by double digits on Tuesday, and then also on Tuesday, Colorado upsets Oregon, who was flying high, and now they're not. Yeah, they sent they sent the ducks. Flying. Uh, quacking. <laughs> oh, shit. And, like you know, they sent them yeah. quacking. Huh. I get it, yes. Rather now, than, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good news, good news for Arizona. They will get a chance for redemption just in a few days. February yeah. 3rd. That, that would be Thursday. That's um, correct. They, they get to host, uh, host UCLA, so they get a little chance for redemption there. But, yeah, UCLA, they look good in that game. Yeah, didn't that, that feel I, like I, just I, kind I, of a re? Didn't that feel just kind of like a re-announcement from UCLA? Like, hey, don't forget about us way out here. I know we play yeah, late at night, good. but uh, we're actually the best team in like out west. Yeah, west of the Spokane. California border. Yeah, we're we're the best. You're you're doing some mental gymnastics. I can just tell. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking. Like, I I, I do think Arizona. I hope Arizona can can give them a better game this this upcoming week when they play again. And, and I think a big part of that is uh, <clears throat> who's their big guy? Tubelis. Tubelis is coming back from an ankle injury. He gave them basically nothing. And I think that's what makes Arizona good. We've talked about this. Like I'm scared of Arizona's guards. I don't like their guards. Um, I consider Ben Math- Ben Matherin's kind of a guard. He's kind of, he's kind of a swing. But like yep. their 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 primary like backcourt is like Kirk Creesa and Dallin Terry. Like. Ah, I just don't think They're those guys that are that good. No. Uh, Matherin's definitely their lead guy. And then they, they have sort of a plethora of post guys. You know, you mentioned Tubelos. They have Coloco, who he's just had a great year this year. And yeah, then he's a Umer, Umer Balo, who's the, Gazette, who, who's the guy that came over with Tommy Lloyd. Yep. You know, he's another big man. for. So they have a good three-man rotation at the post player there. Um, but no, Thursday, hopefully that's a better game, mostly because I like better games. Same. Agreed. Yeah. I would rather watch good games than bad games. Right. And that was one of those games, though. It's like top top five in the country kind of matchup, like two top five teams. Starts at ten o'clock. I'm gonna stay up super late. I got to halftime and I was falling asleep because it was uh it was not competitive. No. Nope. Not even Bill uh, Walton could keep me awake. <laughs> he probably did his best too. Yeah. Was he announcing? Yeah. I should have known. Bill Walton impression right now. Well, you know, John, I'm not really able to just channel Bill Walton out of nowhere. You see, I've gotta I've gotta get in the right kind of a headspace, and that inquires doing a lot of crack cocaine. Uh you you had like the voice, all you have to you just have to say dragon at some points, and then it's a perfect Bill Walton impression. Dragon D's nuts all over the place. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, that man. wasn't a great Bill Walton. We should probably redact that. <laughs> no, that's staying on. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, let's see. Got a couple Big Ten games here. Illinois beats Michigan State by one on Tuesday night. That was without coffee, right? It was without they did not, they did no not get the They did not get that Cockburn sensation. None of it. Nope. Um, Purdue over Iowa Thursday. I don't think that one was even particularly close. 
And then one of the civil wars that we talked about last week, Michigan State against Michigan. Michigan State takes that. Any comments? Yeah, the Big Ten's wacky. It's uh, it's one of those leagues. It just seems like, you know, I keep waiting for Illinois to get consistently good, and it seems like they just don't want to because, I don't know, they're just destined to be like a, like a six seed or something that we're going to pick too far to go in the tournament again this year. Because it seems like, I don't know, they're just weird, and you keep waiting for them to get healthy, and they don't want to do it. It's annoying. But Currently, uh, they're yeah. at the top of the Big Ten, though. Yeah, they're at the top of the Big Ten. Michigan State's up there, I think, right? Yeah, Wisconsin, um, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Purdue. Okay, and yeah, those are definitely the five main ones right there. Um, yeah, they're most certainly you can, you in those draw five teams. A line there, you can draw a line there, and then it's just another five teams, and then actually, no, Minnesota's up there too. What am I saying? Are they really? No, they're two. And I was six. gonna say they're 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 only they're like two and six in the conference. I think their record is not great. However, they're nine and zero oh outside of conference, so they're bringing up that uh, conference RPI. Don't isn't that a metric? Probably. Yeah, so they're bringing up the Big Ten, so good for them. Yeah, you're welcome, Big Ten. So, yeah, if whatever Purdue gets a one seed, I mean, thank Minnesota for that. Exactly. Big yeah. Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten. <laughs> chant that at, at their losses. Uh, let's see, anything else you got? I know one other thing I have from just from following up on last week, uh, you talked about the MAC and sort of their triangle of teams at the top with Buffalo, Toledo, and Ohio. Well, Buffalo got the opportunity to lose to both of those other two teams this week. Um, care to comment? Uh, I watched a little bit of the Toledo-Buffalo game on Friday night, and it was like a 20-point game at half. And so I stopped watching because, you know what? I'm sorry, Jonathan. I don't want to see you like this. Oh, it's such a great name, though. I know. Poor guy. He, he deserves better. I know. I wonder if he's a fourth or fifth year. If he's a fourth-year senior, he should transfer to UNC next year. As like a fifth year like grad transfer guy and give them a Biggs, start. Four, I can always count on you to bring up UNC. Forty two minutes in, you know. Yeah, it's one of your better ones. Thank you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they took care of NC State yesterday. Put up a hundred. That was nice to see. They should do that more often. Yeah, it was it was nice, but like NC State, it, it, are they that bad? I didn't realize they were that terrible. I didn't realize they were that bad. I looked. Their record wasn't good, I know. And like you said, they only have Sebron, and Sebron was actually awful. It was yeah, they didn't do anything. Who was their other? Helms did something, right? Yeah, Helms. Two guys just got double figures. Yeah, and like their main guy in the middle, um, Manny Bates, has been out to my knowledge all season. So yeah, he'd be my starting center on the done for the year team. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, are you ready to get into the uh, (laughs) the the favorite? The favorite portion by all of our fans, um, where we scroll through the schedule. Yeah, yeah, and Let's do it. it's gonna. I can't wait. This, be, is the, this is my favorite part of my week. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a little shorter this time because, um, you know, we're only gonna go through. Should we go through Wednesday? Yeah, let's go through Wednesday. Yeah. Um, because with Duke North Carolina being next Saturday, we decided we're gonna come back at you middle of the week. So. To all of our fans, um, mom, dad, Biggs' mom and dad, and my coworker, um, you're welcome. You get more of us. Yeah. So let's start on Sunday here, Biggs. It is Sunday morning, and like we got up early this morning, Biggs. Do you know any other podcaster that records at 7 a.m.? I don't. No, I, I, doubt, I doubt any of them do. Right. They have like these cushy jobs where they walk into CBS or ESPN or where, 
whatever studios at 10 a.m. and they hit the record button. I mean, we're done editing by then, so we're better. Yeah. Now, Sunday, yeah. Sunday's got a couple good games here, and I know it's sort of Big Ten-centric here, Biggs, with Ohio State, Purdue, there's Minnesota, Wisconsin, a little border battle there. Yeah, a couple of really, I mean, that, that, that Purdue-Ohio State one, I'm, I'm very intrigued by. Right. I, I mean, I think that has potential to be like the game of the week. Now, do you consider Sunday the start of a new week or the end of an old week? End of an old week. Okay. Yeah. Take take a second here just, just to hold on. Purdue-Fort Wayne, IPFW, is at Wright State. Wright State's home gymnasium is called the Nutter Center. I, is it Nutter Butter? I haven't had that in, for, in forever. I don't know, but I, I don't know why that, that made me chuckle. It's not bad. The Nutter Center. <laughs> Nut, Nutter? I don't even know her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nutter, I just met her. Uh, that's actually probably ideal. Anyway, yeah, Ohio State's at Purdue, so I think that one's a great one. And then Marquette at Providence. What? 11 and 11.30, why? Why can't we spread these games out a little more? I know. Big East and Big Ten need to work work together better. A little better, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I know football starts at like 2.30, but can't we start at like like noon? Damn. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. And then Loyola Chicago versus your guy Drake. Yeah, that's sort of the the uh, the battle of mid major teams that were darlings last year. Yeah, and is Drake? I don't. I feel like Drake actually has fallen on hard times a little bit. I, th- I don't think they're that good. Yeah, I don't think his recent album has gotten as many plays. Started from the bottom, and they're still actually Drake's fifteen and six. So I don't know. Maybe they're actually. Maybe they must be hot. Those are the top two teams in the MVC. So there we go. Nice. So that could be a, the, I would put that as a watchable ball game. Does Minnesota Wisconsin basketball have the same rivalry feel as football does? I don't think so. I think with foot, I think football just always has a bigger rivalry feel in every sport, just because these teams only play once, and there's only so there's only ten games or whatever. Like there's twelve games a season, so you know, basketball. I do think Minnesota has beaten Wisconsin a little more. I mean, Wisconsin's still the far better program, but. It's been more competitive, so. Yep. Although I don't know because Wisconsin does steal a lot of Minnesota's kids, so I'm sure Minnesota doesn't. Minnesota fans probably don't love that. I, I don't really. They care, also but... steal wins from the Vikings, and I don't like they, that. Yeah, yeah, I sure. Which, do. speaking of which, I just got a notification on my phone. Green Bay hopeful about Rodgers. Of, of course they are. They're of course hopeful they are. Huh. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Reportedly. They're reportedly cautiously optimistic that the quarterback will return after meeting about future. <laughs> cautiously optimistic. My favorite, uh, my favorite, when my favorite, like rumor news rumors are when a team uh, report is that the Lakers quietly shopped Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's quietly. Right. It's like how. So did they, did they like whispered around to a bunch of teams because obviously, obviously that got out. So it's uh, yeah, officially not very quiet anymore. It's probably LeBron. It's probably LeBron talking to, to like uh, Dame Lillard at half court during the free throw. Like one of the people are shooting free throws, be like, "Hey, you, you guys want this guy?" Oh no, okay. <laughs> Does anybody want this guy? Someone, <laughs> please take him. He's he's shouting it to the crowds. Anyone business owners? You guys want this guy? Yeah, 
Big Monday's dead, John. Duke is at Notre Dame, and I don't care that much. I know it's Ooh, Duke. That's, that's got upset potential, though. No, it doesn't. Duke's going to win. It's going to be confusing, you know, Mike Shashevsky and Nate Lashevsky. Do Whoa. you think like do you think like when they announce Nate Lashevsky in the starting lineup, Coach K is gonna be like, Oh, this is my farewell. This is part of my farewell here. I'm gonna go to half court. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Or poor Nate's gonna walk out there and they're gonna be booing and he's gonna be like, Wait, what did I do? All I do is drain threes on UNC. Oh shit. Don't talk about that. Hate that guy. Um actually I don't hate him. I, no, I like he's any, a good player. Whatever. I like anyone who is known purely for being a shooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, South Dakota State, North Dakota, a little uh, mega mega Coda, like like you said. Yeah, a little bagel for mega Coda. I feel like I was just watching this game last night. They must have played earlier this weekend because I, I feel like there's been North Dakota State versus South Dakota. I feel like there's been maybe North Dakota versus there. There's been like a few of those. Like if you took those four teams, there's been like a few of those matchups this week. Okay, maybe battle for mega Coda premise supremacy like comes down to this. Like the, like the two states met and they're like, all right, let's just decide this all in one week and just get all these games out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Morgan State plays Maryland Eastern Shore. I'm 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 down for that. You yeah, do throw out the record books when those two teams get together. <laughs> West Virginia Baylor Baylor. It's a get right game for them. They need to win by double digits. Agreed. Plus, it's at get Baylor, back. so they they really yeah. should take care of business there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything on Tuesday? Let's Kansas, see Iowa here. State. Creighton at UConn. I'm intrigued by that. Texas A&M, Tennessee. Which te- who did Texas A&M play in that challenge? They played... I don't think they played anybody. They got left out? They might have. Oh, they're, well, they're coming back with a vengeance. They're like... They're kind of in both conferences, aren't they? So, I mean... True. I feel like Texas A&M is still kind of a Big 12 and an SEC team. So, they should just have practiced. You know, that makes sense. Speaking of which, you know how so like when it comes to these challenges like the SEC Big Twelve or the ACC Big Ten, is that like like when in this case the SEC one is like the SEC commissioner like hanging up a banner in his office? Do you think or any of the board of directors? I don't know. I wonder SEC? if they get like a check. You cut a check. Maybe is there like Maybe a like point the, to this other than just like yeah hey we have teams that happen it, to be better than your teams this year? Yeah, it, it, I I feel like it's just all just marketing, all promoting. Yeah, well, I, I feel like we had more of it. I would love that because the yeah. matchups I, I do think are fun, especially in like this time of year when it's just nothing but conference matchups. It's kind of fun to get a little non-conference flavor in there. Power rank the challenges. To my knowledge, there's only two of them. There's kind of a Big Ten, Big East one, but that's it's called the Gavit Games, which go on for like five years. <laughs> I would rank that one last. Okay. Because they don't market um, that one very well. I would say the SEC Big 12 one is my favorite. Big 10 ACC, all we get, it's just turned into nothing but, like, who's Duke playing? Because that's the only game we care about. And that annoys yeah. me. You know, it just sucks the up the Ten, oxygen. The Big 10 media machine using their victory to hype up the Big 10. Yeah. Darn Minnesotans. I know. Um, let's see, Ridiculous. Michigan State, Maryland. David said St. Bonaventure. That 6 o'clock hour is just like, wow. Yeah. You're going to need a bunch yeah. of TVs. Yeah, Davidson St. Bonaventure's good. Kansas, Ooh. Iowa State's intriguing. Creighton, Bama, Auburn. The 8 o'clock is good, too. Bama, Auburn, and Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, oh my gosh. I'm intrigued. 
Me too. Tuesday. Even, I mean, even the, uh, there was another one that I saw that I was like, oh, North Carolina, Louisville. Oh, Louisville sucks. I don't know why I'm, Louisville's not good. UNC better win that game. I just say Louisville sucks. So does the other team. You know what I just noticed too? Of course, Duke gets more rest going into that game Saturday. That's a bunch of bullshit. Because they played Monday. Yeah, and we play yeah. Tuesday. Fuck you. Fuck you, schedule makers. We're, us North Carolina fans are already hedging. Yep. I'm expecting I'm expecting to be let down. Well, they it is at North Carolina, so I guess Duke does need more time to travel. So it makes sense. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Wednesday? Not that meaty. I'll be honest. Wow. Purdue, Minnesota. Wednesday's taking it easy. Sticks. Illinois, Wisconsin. That's at 8 o'clock. Oh, there's a ton. Notre Dame, Miami at six. I see. Okay, a little late night matchup here between Villanova and Marquette. Nine o'clock. That's not Pac-12. Yeah, Why what's up with that? Right? They're playing in Milwaukee. Oh. Nine o'clock tip time. That's a that's a that's an evening bout. Yeah, I could probably stay up for that one though, because like we we play City League at seven thirty that night. So and You're after kind of wired League, afterwards. I, I can't sleep anyway, so I'd stay up later. Yeah, so, hit up B-Dubs, watch I, that game. Ooh, I should. Uh, you say Wisconsin, Illinois? I think you did. Yeah, that could be a good one. Oh. Longwood yeah. versus UNC, Asheville. Well, it doesn't matter the length, Biggs. It's true. It's all about the motion of the players. Right. All right, anything else? Uh, I think that's it for the first half of the week. Yeah. And so we will come back Wednesday. Probably release it Thursday because I need time to edit it. And we're going to recap all these games we just talked about. We're going to preview the upcoming games. Yes, we will spend a little more time on Duke Carolina because... That's what our fans want. It's the best rivalry in sports. Apparently. And it always delivers, as Jay says. Do you think there will be less commercials this year because, um, you know... North Carolina isn't as good. My guess is there will be more commercials because but he, it's Duke. True. And, you know, is it weird that, you know, normally that game would get like that 7 o'clock time slot. They gave it to that Kentucky-Bama game instead. Well, I think I think the 5 o'clock is probably more prime timey than, Do you think than so? the 7 o'clock one. You know, what's, you know what's funny is the game's sandwiching that one I actually think will be more intriguing. Kansas-Baylor at 3. Oh. ESPN wasn't smart about this. If they were hoping to soak up a ton of like Duke, North Carolina stuff, it would have been really smart to put that game at like five thirty and give yourself a little time to to really hype up the whole thing. Like, what's Kansas USC Baylor going to like double overtime? How great would that there's be? Also, there's also USC Arizona at four. Which why are we doing? No, this is the scrolling of the schedule for the next podcast. What are we? Yeah, doing? good call. We can talk about this but, later. But one thing I will say is North Carolina Duke is like it. They're basically like a Where's Waldo map, basically like jumping up and like waving their hands around, like, yeah, we're here too. Hey, focus on us more. Duke is like, hey, give me attention. Yeah. And ESPN's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. All right, let's get out of here, Biggs. All right, bye. Bye.